This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Barnsley away is off, but there's no postponements here. This is Blue Monday. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Mikey Pensy-Smith and joining me tonight for this live Q&A show is the fountain of ICFC knowledge that is Joe Fares. And Joe, you were confident. I heard you on the pre-match show of a win at Bolton and they duly delivered for you, didn't they? Not only was I confident of the win, I actually predicted a 2-0 win for us as well. So I can feel quite smug after that as well. But no, I just thought... I just think we're going to take some stopping at the moment. And I, I didn't think Bolton had as much in them. But as with any of these games, when it's two good sides, Bolton is still a good side, there's always going to be a moment which defines the game. And this time it went in our favour. It was the penalty save by Christian Walton, isn't it? Where you are, they're building up a head of pressure, head of pressure. And then firstly, Walton makes a good save sort of straight after when the advantage is presumably being played. And then he saves a penalty. And similar to the... Um, Sheffield Wednesday home game where Conor Chaplin missed the penalty, it seemed to sort of suck the life out of Bolton, the stadium, the the team as well. And then we were able to sort of get back on top from there. And this is what, so this is where I said, being critical of Christian Walton in the season, he hasn't been the keeper that's won us the big moments. He's sort of done what you've expected him to do, but he hasn't w- mm-hmm. won us any points really. And sort of since, I don't know, maybe about eight or nine games, he's been really good. Obviously six clean sheets in a row was fantastic. And yeah, He's done that. He saved the penalty at Cambridge as well, which should have been a game turning moment, but the rest of the team let him down that day. But mm. it was just, I don't know, it's just one of those moments that we've needed a keeper to step up. And it reminds me of, I know when Chelsea had that long unbeaten run under Mourinho and Peter Cech had a brilliant away game. I think it was sort of a Blackburn or somewhere like that. And you just, you just need your keeper to step up like that every now and again, when the rest of the team maybe sort of when they need him, he, he proved that he was still the best keeper at this club. Absolutely, yeah. He definitely silenced a few doubters, didn't he? Um, and Joe, you're here tonight alongside myself, and this is a live Q and A, so we really encourage people in the in the comments to get your questions in. We're joined by by Ashley, Michael's watching from a fresh Brisbane morning. Uh, Neil Wilmore, David Bergen is here, and he's bang on time this time. Good evening to you too. Uh, Romeo's here. Eric Clacton's here. 
John B. There's loads of people here in the chat, Joe. Um, but if given the opportunity, you'd probably quite like to be able to talk about Ipswich Town with a current player, wouldn't you? Yes, unfortunately, I was um, I was just at the gym and I was in the steam room, and um, somebody came in. I didn't. I didn't this is a true that. story, by the way. This <laughs> is, this I, I didn't. I didn't of, see them in there. I, I couldn't tell who it was because of the steam, and then. When I went out and sat in a hot tub a bit, the guy that came out after me was um, Nathan Broadhead. So I did sit there sort of in silence with Nathan Broadhead for 10 minutes in the steam room. But I'm sure he'd have loved it if I could chat some ITFC with him. He'd have been bang up for that when he's trying to relax in the steam room. But sadly, I missed my opportunity. He probably thought he was watching Gorillas in the Mist when I got up to get out of there. But <laughs> but no, I, I missed out on a chance to chat with Broadhead and congratulate him on his Wales call-up, which is a sort of seamless link to something there, isn't it? That is a, a seamless link indeed. It was Tuesday when it was announced, Joe, that uh, Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead have been called up to the Wales squad for their up-and-coming uh, fixtures. Here they are. Burns looks really happy. Broadhead looks like he's worried that he's going to have to re-watch Wales's games from the World Cup, to me. <laughs> um, but first of all, we'll, get, we'll, we'll talk about the ramifications for, for Ipswich, but first of all, Fantastic news for those two and a, a real opportunity now for for them to stake a claim in the team with a couple of recent retirements. Yeah, because um, I think Broadhead had had his first call up last season, but he got injured on in the actual Wales camp, which is obviously hopefully something that doesn't happen this time round. And um, Wes Burns actually came in as Broadhead's replacement. And I think Broadhead mentioned when or Burns mentioned when Broadhead signed when he came in, he sort of went to thank him because that gave him his opportunity to get into the Wales squad. And I think Wes Burns could count himself unlucky to to not be um, in the World Cup squad when you see that went there. But there was obviously players that sort of still in there, like who you mentioned retiring, like Chris Gunter and Johnny Williams this week, who are retiring and have been good servants of the national team, but really they're not up to the standard anymore, are they? They're, no. they're League Two footballers. And I think even Chris Gunter struggling in League Two from the sounds of things. But they earned their spot in the World Cup squad by years of service before then. But no, a big opportunity for those two guys who are both in good form to go from there and sort of to hopefully stay in the squad and be in there as championship players next year. But yeah, so those two went up and we've been sort of waiting to see if there was a third one. Um, third one coming into the squad and there's talk, obviously, Greg Lee potentially being in the Jamaican squad and Sam Moores is on the provisional list for Egypt. But about an hour ago, it was announced that the Barnsley game has been cancelled. I don't think there's been any um, confirmation of who has been called up. yet. I think Greg Lee is seen as a more likely of the two. But yeah, one of those has been called up. And I think the club, from what I heard, have been quite confident over the weekend or had had a nudge or had spoken to the relevant national associations that they would be getting the call up and we now will rearrange the game for Barnsley. Have they confirmed a date on that yet? I don't think they have. I think there's speculation that it might be Tuesday the the 25th of April, which is in between the Cheltenham and Exeter game. I know, is it not the Peterborough and Exeter game? I think Cheltenham's Easter Monday, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, Yeah. But then there's also... A chance if they can't make that happen. I I can't see why they wouldn't, but maybe the the Tuesday in between Exeter and Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Mm. Yeah. I think Ben was chatting about it. Well he was chatting about it in the flagship show. It could be like the Nottingham Forest Bournemouth game, which was like a almost like a playoff final in itself last year in the championship. Um but yeah, it, that that news broke fairly recently. Um Nick was spot on when he said Barnsley getting moved, I reckon. Um because yeah as you mentioned, Joe, it was announced a few few minutes ago. Um, 
keep your comments coming in. I've just read completely unrelated to to what we've just been talking about, but a lovely comment from Julian Hugh- Julian Hughes in the comments. Good evening. Uh, Mike and Joe, everyone. Sorry, I haven't been about for ages, um, but my daughter was diagnosed with cancer after five months of treatment. She's been given the all clear last Friday. So that's absolutely fantastic news for you, Jules, and your family. And it's great to have you back with us and um, hope to see you soon as well. Don't let Mikey try and tap you up for a golf lesson as well. (laughs) Probably need to start paying, don't I? (laughs) Um, Excellent stuff. So... uh, I guess, well, there's, there was a little bit of sad news that came out of the club as well today, Joe's, Joe. Uh, that was the the news that our former chairman, John Kerr, MBE, passed away. He was a man that contributed to the football club for a number, number of years, Joe. Um, I believe he was chairman when we were promoted to the to the Premier League in the early 90s. Yeah, I, I can't say I know a huge amount about him other than he was chairman when I first started supporting the club and stayed as chairman, I think, until David Sheepshanks took over i just used to remember it was always john kerr mbe wasn't it It was always on everything was written there i don't know if, if that is the sort of the done thing anymore maybe things were a bit formal back then but no obviously a guy who did a lot for the football club was chairman for a number of years a number of years of success you'd imagine he was probably someone who was integral into the appointment of john lyle at the club which got us back on our feet after sort of a tough few years and helped manage the sort of from the cobbles into the sort of new era after the Robson era had ended and sort of going from there. But no, yeah, rest in peace to John and condolences to all his friends, families, former colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace. Um, Ashley Anton, just going back to the the postponement of the Barnsley game, do you think it should have been played, say, for instance, it was and we win, McKenna looks a genius. But as you say, if we lost, then fans would have said, why play it? I I just feel like two two absolute certs in the starting eleven near enough. You you can't be playing a game unless you have to, right, Joe? No, you you um you've gone out and spent one and a half million pounds on Nathan Broadhead this window, and or sorry, in the last window, and you can't knowingly go into a game when he's unavailable. I'd, I get people say, oh well, what about if you had injuries? And so, well, we don't have injuries. We just we I don't know it's almost. You're almost right in their sort of manager's speech for them, aren't you? Oh, they're turning up here. They could have cancelled this game without their best players and they still think they're going to win. Show them show them that they're not going to. And along those lines, it just seemed... I say, I, I used to sort of admit my position was different like when we had Paul Lambert's manager and we were cancelling mm. games because Adam Prishbeck, Armando Dobra were getting called up and they were nowhere near the team. And you were having... Alan Judge is really the only first team player you were missing and we're top of the league and he was sort of in and out of the side at that point. But now yeah. we're flying, as you say, it's two absolute 100% nailed on starters in Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead, isn't it? And mm. and if it is Sam Morsey as well, and well, like said, even if it's Greg Lee, I know Greg Lee isn't in the match day squad much, but if Leif Davis is injured, Greg Lee is in that team, isn't he? It's not yep. a case of he's just a squad player who isn't going to play. If, if, there was, if he was... Let's say if Davis was injured, I know at the moment you either have Clark or Dinashin on the bench and they cover left back if they need to. That just wouldn't be the case, though, would it? Greg Lee would be 100% in that team. Yeah, he definitely would be. Um, Martin says, though, that will be Barnsley's eighth game in 28 days. I mean, it, April's absolutely chocker, isn't it, um, for everyone, but especially Barnsley because they've got those games in hand. And they're flying at the moment, aren't they? So they're really... Um, they they look a really good side at the moment. They're, everything's flying in for them. They've got a great 
great home record. So I know we're in good form, but I don't think it hurts us to maybe avoid them when they're flying. And if they're still flying come that stage of the season, then it's going to be an absolutely huge game. But you'd hope their form had sort of fallen back slightly and you can sort of pick them up when they've got less to play for. Indeed, yeah. And Flim Flam said he was just chatting to Nappers on his League One stream and he thinks the postponement is better for town. We'll interrupt the Tykes. Um, yeah, you have to look at it from from that perspective. But I'm sure there'll be a few people, Joe, that are disappointed because they've bought tickets and are looking forward to Barnsley away that are going to say, oh, we should have played the game when it was originally um, scheduled. <laughs> should yeah. We, well, should we, I, heaven forbid, drop points up at Oakwell? I assume we're going to end up still selling out the away end there. I think we sold 3,000 tickets for it so far, I'd imagine. Most will go there. I think... Yeah, I might this be one, going now. Yeah, th- this one for me was one where if you were booking trains, you needed to be booking them with insurance on this because we knew it was a League One international weekend and there was every chance a game could be postponed. So I think whilst it's obviously going to be a huge disappointment for anyone who was going that can't go or has got plans, I think there was enough about this one for you to realise that you maybe needed to sort of book this with eyes wide open with regards to the fact that this could possibly happen. So hopefully most of those people who have booked are booked with cancellation rights on rooms and train tickets. Have you done Oakwell before, Joe? Yes, I have. I remember seeing us lose one nil in the last minute there. Someone McCann scored and a week later I went to Burnley and we lost one nil in the last minute there and a different McCann scored in that game. So it was um, great, great times. Yeah, you should probably stay away, Joe. I've been there once. I was there for Marcus Stewart's debut the year we oh, went up. Nice. So I think it's probably only right that I make my way up there for that one. Uh, Elliot Brannan says, uh, happy birthday, Mark Fish. Joe, where's your shirt? You've got uh, Bielkowski and Christoph Berrer behind you there. Oh, that's Jack Lancaster. and Oh, okay, yeah. There. I just, yeah. Um, to be fair, I just, I had the last ones up there and I was in such a rush to get here tonight after my state, after my steam room with Nathan Broadhead that I had to um, just grab the first two I saw. So I didn't, I didn't realize it was um, Mark Fisher's birthday or, or I would have taken any excuse to get the match one Mark Fisher out. Indeed. Uh, Ashley Anson's another one that's been there and seen us lose, lose four one. Definitely mixed, mixed memories um, away at Barnsley. That's for sure. Uh, Skip Intro says, hopefully by the time we play Barnsley, they'll be out of the race for second and we'll take some pressure off us. There's definitely a danger of that happening, Joe. I'll just get up the Barnsley fixtures. You're going to have to ignore um, the obvious mistake, and that is that it still has the Ipswich fixture in its original position. Um, But yeah, they've got Wickham away, followed by Sheffield Wednesday at home. Then they go to Exeter. Then they've got a slightly easier run. But still, they've got to go to places like Lincoln, and then they have got Peterborough at home on the on the final day. That's so that's a they've also got two games in hand on us, haven't they? So they've got two games in hand of us. But after this weekend's game, they will play both their games in hand by the time we next play against Derby on the first of April. So hopefully, yeah. the league table will be looking because it is a bit of a mess at the moment with all these games in hand all over the place, isn't it? So that'd be handy to see where they are come first of April at three o'clock. Absolutely, and just up against that, let's see, let's look at ours. Shrewsbury, obviously, up next. Win. Then it's Derby. Win. <laughs> Wickham at home on Good Friday, Win. followed by Cheltenham away on Easter Monday. Then it's Charlton at home, Port Vale at home in the midweek, then Peterborough away, and then it will probably be Barnsley away. And then it's Exeter and Fleetwood. 
There's another six points at the end there, Joe. I'm struggling to see past 10 wins there when I look at that. <laughs> I think we need a minimum of seven wins, don't we? Yeah, I think seven wins takes us to 93 points. Is it? Are we on 72 currently, are we? Yeah, so, and that so might think, be enough with our goal difference. Yeah, well, I, I think if you get to 93 points, you're going to get promoted, aren't you? I know people look at Plymouth's run and pick all their home games out as wins, but I, I don't see two teams getting to 93 points, personally. I think if we if we win seven and, and you combine that with the last five games you've had and you've won 12 of your last 15 games, if that's not enough to go up, sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and say... Unlucky, effectively, we we got to go again at that point. So I don't know. I, I think I think we'll. I, I'm confident. I've, I've felt for a long time that we'll get there, but it's going to take some twists and turns. Indeed, uh, Ashley says I think they could drop points at Wickham and Exeter. Um, should we have a look at um, Plymouth as well? Then, as we've we've looked at we've looked at Barnsley and we've looked at our own. These are the Plymouth fixtures. Where where do we see them dropping points, Joe? It's just you look at their sort of home running, and it looks relatively easy, doesn't it? Forest Green, Lincoln, Cambridge, Bristol Rovers, Burton, and you think, well, that, that's teams are going to win all of those games when you look at their current home form. But there's just always there's always twists, isn't there? There's I think Lee just put a comment there that pressure does funny things to teams, and it, and it really does, especially like if you look five weeks around, for, um, sort of five games ago we were 10 points behind Plymouth with the same goal difference we're now two points behind our goal difference is 17 better they know last season they got 78 points and missed out in the playoffs but they sort of collapsed towards the end of the season to fall out of there and you sort of hear the narrative from some of their fans along the lines of oh well you've got a bigger budget than us we're lucky just to be here all the pressures on Ipswich it's like it's just not the case if you're no. if you're in the position that they're in or were in let alone not at the moment what they were in five games ago and you don't go from there you've you've thrown it away effectively and it's nothing to do with pressure from us being under pressure they're the team under pressure if we win the next two and they lose the next two yeah the pressure then becomes on us but at the moment they're still the team under pressure absolutely and they they were the team under pressure in the playoffs last season as well because they were in the top two top three for much of the season and then ended up dropping out didn't they yeah um Elliot Branson says is their first choice goalkeeper out for the whole season. Um, I think they just. Um, I'm sure they just said he was out for the season. There hasn't really yeah. been much other details than that, other than he's out for the season. Yeah, and yes, yeah, Skip Intro says it'll be interesting to see how Plymouth dropping away last year affects them this year. Surely it will be in the back of their minds. I, th- I, mean, I think it's, it's like anything, though, isn't it? Where you talk about the narrative, if they do stand the pace it will be because they learned from their lessons last season if they don't stand the pace and drop down it will be because last season has scarred them I do think there'll be a lot of sort of hindsight narrative applied to whatever does happen yeah absolutely and that's a big part of what we do isn't it on the yeah. Blue Monday podcast and they have also got the Johnson's paint or the Papa John's trophy final to fit in there as well yeah can you remember who won it last year Joe Ooh. was it Sunderland no, it was Rotherham. Oh, Rotherham, yeah. They beat um, Sutton, didn't they, in the final? Yeah, yeah. And obviously Rotherham were in sort of a Plymouth situation, really, weren't they? Mm, yeah. It was a little bit little bit tighter between the all of the... Like, there wasn't a single team run away of it, was there? Like, it looks like Sheffield Wednesday going to do. No, um, no. But they really did fall over the line, didn't they? And there was a lot of weird results at the end of last season. We could, could see a repeat of that, couldn't we? Well, hopefully there's some weird results and we fly over the line 
Indeed, yeah. Nick Muller says, will Papa John's muck up Bolton in Plymouth League form? It's bound to happen for one of them, isn't it? If It's unlikely to happen for both. Bolton already they... look like they're struggling, don't they? Yeah. They're sort of dropped right down. They're already three points ahead of Wickham now, aren't they? Yeah. David Bergen says, if we go into second, do you think we'll stay there, Joe? I think if we get there, there'll be twists and turns from that point on till the end of the season. As much as it'd be nice if we could put together like a Pep Guardiola Man City run where we just win our last 15 games and just roll into the summer with sort of 100 points under our belt. I don't I don't think it'll happen. I think we'll we'll get ahead, we'll fall behind, we'll get back ahead and it's just it's just going to be when the um, sort of music stops we'll be sitting in second place. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um yeah, please keep your keep your questions coming in. This is very much a a viewer led show, isn't it, Joe? Um, there's a few of our Telegram regulars in there as well. Um, if you could plug the Telegram for us, Joe, I'm not sure if anyone's ever done that on the Blue Monday podcast, have they? Yes, um, yeah, it's good. Get involved. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really good. I think we've got like 120 members in there now, so it is um, a really good community. Lots of chatting sort of throughout the day. People dipping and out. Match day chat it comes alive, but also keeping up with sort of the women's team, the academy team across separate groups for those interested in that. And it's just really good. £5 a month, but there's a 14-day trial period where you can come and see if you like it, see whether it's going to be worthwhile. And if it is, come and join us. Please do, please do. Ashley Anton has a question here. Any news on when Tyrese John Jules is back? Have you heard anything, Joe? Have you seen I think anything? I think he's close, isn't he? From, from the, he's been on the bench for the last... Sorry, not like on the bench, but actually at the club and walking out with the sort of subs and sitting on the Ipswich bench there. So he's he's obviously back training with every with everyone here, and he's I don't know he's not be really far off. I think he's going to be a real big player to come back into the side. Yeah, what what sort of role do you do you see him playing in, Joe? If he does come back, do you think it might be maybe in that number ten position? Yeah, I'd imagine it's sort of where Nathan Broadhead is playing that side because Harness has come on. He hasn't really affected the game as a as a sub, and it's not really been in great form since he's come back from that bad injury he suffered. So I wonder whether he'll come in and Harness will sort of be the one that drops out. That's what I'd be assuming at the moment, but you never know. There might be an injury. Harness gets another chance and takes it, and then, then he sort of goes to the end of the season. But I'd, I'd say at the moment, being so versatile in that sort of nine ten role adding real goals into the game. I think it'll be good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jules is saying, let's just beat the shrews and take one game at a time. Yeah, we're kind of, we're all so focused on the, on the, the Barnsley game, aren't we? And the, the Derby game ahead after the thrilling victory at Bolton, but Shrewsbury is going to be another big test, isn't it, Joe, on Saturday? Yeah, a very big test. And, it does feel like one of those sort of trap games where we've won five and then the next game people look at the fixture list who maybe don't sort of follow as closely as we all do. So sort of someone like my dad, for example, who comes to the games and says, oh, Shrewsbury at home, you'll beat them. So no, they're actually pretty good. They are sort of ninth in the league, don't concede many goals, been on a really good run for a long period, great at set pieces. And I say that is going to be, that is a bit of a trap game, that one, isn't it? It's one that's very important that we don't fall behind him because if we fall behind him there, we're going to really struggle to break them down because they are a very well-disciplined, very good defensive side and just don't concede many goals. We've just got to try and avoid giving away set pieces. And Shrewsbury are kind of in win or go home. Um, They're in a win or go home position now, aren't they? Where they they need to 
win their next few games have any hope of catching Bolton in sixth. Yeah, I, I do. Want, I, I don't think they'll come and try and beat us at Portman Road. In other than a sort of Mick McCarthy away performance of keep it tight for sort of 60, 65 minutes and try and nick something from that point onwards. I don't think they're going to come out and give the go toe to toe because I don't think they really go toe to toe with anyone. I think they're just a disciplined, well, well drilled team first and foremost. And they've just got some dangerous set piece players to go from there. Yeah, but a game that we should be able to control in midfield, Joe. A says, do you agree winning the midfield controls the game? And Luongo and Morsi are the best midfield partnership in the league. They're quite a decent double pivot, those two together, aren't they, Joe? And I think it's so important in a in in the way we play, where you just have two central midfielders. And a lot of teams go with three in there. But when you've got two, those two players have got to give you a bit of everything. And they've got to be able to win their battles sort of physically. And they've got to be able to get on the ball and sort of drive with it, either through dribbling or passing. And they are two top midfielders at this level, aren't they? But both of them, both very, very experienced. Both know how to win football games. And that's that's a big thing in that league that... that they're, not, they're going to set high standards for everyone around them, aren't they? And they've both been there, done it at the top end of this league, and they've been there and done it in the league above as well. So they're, they're two players that, if you can keep those two fit for sort of 90 minutes week in, week out for the rest of the season, we're not going to put in any limp performances, are we, with those two in there? No, absolutely not. And it probably is unlikely, unlikely that Luongo's fit for the rest of the season. So in that event, and hopefully it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't happen, Joe. Do you see Don Ball as the as the natural replacement for him because he's another se- powerful central midfielder that can maybe get the best out of Morsey? I'd say so. Yeah, I I just think you just need to win win that physical battle in there, and Don Ball's going to give you the best best chance of doing that if Luongo's not fit. He's again a player that's played a lot in the league above, and he didn't he hasn't played much for us at all this year, has he? But when he has done, he's looked mm-hmm. he looks like that role suits him well and he might not be as good on the ball as some of the other players but he he doesn't let sort of people past him defensively does he 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 wins his headers those things are important in the middle ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Whether you need a VPN to protect your world online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a Cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Delivery. 
You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. And it, it kind of feels like with all this praise that we're giving Luongo and saying the difference that he's made that we're criticising Cameron Humphreys. But for for his age, he's had a fantastic season as well, hasn't he? A real breakthrough. Yeah. And well, it's just the way he's popped up with sort of big contributions in most games he's played in. And yeah, maybe it got a bit too much for him sort of having to play every single game. But that, that was a problem that we just didn't have that backup player there. So even the cup games, he was having to go and play the cup games when he needed a rest in those. And mm-hmm. and there were some games when he struggled physically in the midfield, but there's definitely been posit- more positives and negatives for him this season. And I think, what's he played? Probably like 20, 25 games this season across yeah. all competitions. And it's a big step forward for him. And yeah. hopefully he's one that goes through till sort of comes back next time and he's bulked up a little bit more as well because he's got a great engine on him. He gets up and down the pitch mm. so well. Yeah. And it's just just sometimes just learning some of the extra bits in there. But it might be, well, fingers crossed, like we all hope we're in the championship next season. It might be that it suits him a little bit more in there with his sort of physicality being a good engine as opposed to actual size in there, isn't it? Yeah, and do you, do you think that he's benefited more from the matches that he's played here in League One rather than potentially going out on loan to League Two and playing, let's just hypothetically say that he went down to League Two and played 35 matches or something like that. This is going to be better for his development, isn't it? Playing at that higher level. And seeing I'd, what I'd say made. so. Yeah. And also just being around the group every day and training with them and the getting, to know, getting to know the management team, knowing what takes because sort of Idris Elmazuni has obviously been one that's gone down into League Two, had a brilliant season by all accounts yep. late in Orient, but I don't think he'd have got as much out of just being here to train and and he'd have, he'd have played a lot more than what we'd have expected him to because in the same way Cameron Humphreys has done, but I don't think you could have kept Elmazuni here just to play potentially four or five games all season. Like a quirk of fate, but he'd have probably played 25 games a season, but that, that was the right move for him. And I think keeping Humphreys here was the right move for him. But it would just be interesting to see what happens next season as well. Because it's finding the right club for these players to go at. Because it, yeah. it's not just um, what Humphreys has done for us. It's, he's also put a marker down that if somebody wants him on loan next season, they're going to have to offer a, a very good package with regards to games being played, yeah. style of football. And if we say... Cameron Humphreys is available for a League One loan next season. You're going to have teams sort of battling down the door to get there. And we're mm. going to be able to pick him a much better loan move on the back of what he's done this year as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, Michael Warner, some players seem to be dropping out with the first team squad now. Uh, KVY, Keo, Aluko. Do you think they will be here next season? And and I'll throw in as well, Joe, do you think that any of those three still have a, pl- a part to play between now and the end of the season? On the pitch, I don't think they will have a part to play between now and the end of the season. I think they're all effectively done as Ipswich Town players. It, it seems like Keogh's sort of already moved across almost into the coaching side. When you watch the Town in Five videos or you see the warm-ups, he's, he's with the coaches the whole time now. So he seems already moved across. It sounds like Luca does a fair bit on this sort of analysis side of it as well. But I'd imagine at his age, he's probably going to want to play for a couple more years. And he's obviously a very worldly guy as well, isn't he? It wouldn't surprise if he goes and plays in a in a different league sort of across the world as opposed to just dropping down into a League Two side. He, he seems to have a lot about him personally, doesn't he? So if yeah. he, it, it wouldn't surprise if he ends up being like a GM of a Major League Soccer club, for example, in the future. So I'd imagine he'll go and explore wide. But if we, say, if, if we could keep him in the building as a 
analyst or a, a role at the club, yeah, by all means would be good. But I, I just don't see any of those three playing any more games for us this season or next. Yeah, I, I still feel like there might be one last game for Aluko in there. Maybe that Port Vale at home game or something in a... Yeah, maybe across those fantastic the, East, first the Easter weekend, isn't there, when that's the sort of time where you, maybe you might play someone on that Friday mm. ahead of the Monday at Cheltenham. You might sort of have a little rotation there to give give yourself the best chance across those two. Excellent. Romeo forward Saturday, the start of a scoring run for Hurst. Fantastic finish. The finish, Joe, reminded me of a goal that we conceded in the 99-2000 season from Sean Goater at Portman Road. I, when you said Goater, I sort of have in, in my eyes what the what the goal he, was. But it was just like where he's just got across his man and guided a volley into the bottom corner. Mm. It was maybe, um, I think it was slightly closer to the goal, but just a really classy finish in a big game. Yeah, and it and like that was for George Hurst last week. And whilst he hasn't scored the goals, Hurst yet, I, I do think his performances, his performance level has been good. And as has Freddie Ladapo's in that time. Freddie Ladapo scored more goals, but I think both of them are pushing each other. And mm-hmm. this is what we wanted to sign in August, wasn't it? This is why we wanted George Hurst or Will Keane or whoever, whoever we wanted to try in August, because you need two strikers to be able to push each other. And Ladapo's been a better player since we signed George Hurst as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's been brilliant every time he's been given an opportunity, and it, we're in a nice position now, Joe. Where the team news comes out, and we're like, okay, that's who he's gone with. Can totally see that. We all have our preferences, well, most of us do, but there's never a huge drop in quality with ever. With, and we will trust McKenna, whoever he picks in that position, right? Well, you know that whoever's been picked, there's a very good reason behind it. Yeah. And not just that there is a good reason. He'll probably tell you the reason after the game as well. So yeah, there's that as well. Yeah. You don't have to sort of second guess and he can try and pretend it's too clever. But as I mentioned on the pre-match, once I spoke with Rich, it did feel like maybe that was more a game for Hurst because Bolton are going to have more of the ball. They're going to push her up the pitch and it just mm. does just keep them honest, keeps them pressing. And I know sort of people have said, oh, the subs haven't made much impact in recent weeks and... Hurst hasn't been great off the bench. The Dapper's not been great off the bench. But I do think there's an element that in recent weeks we've been winning the game so comfortably that when the subs have come on, the game's dead it's almost there. Yeah. Disjointed. You, and yeah. you haven't got your fullbacks bombing on to get past you when you get the ball. So it's just, you're almost just chucking them on for minutes at those points. You are indeed. And um, interesting question here from Elliot. Bit of a change of direction. If there was one thing you'd do differently if you were Ashton since he joined... What would it be? Um, well, the, the obvious thing is to change the manager sort of as soon as he comes in because it was obvious to me right. and it seemed to few that Paul Cook wasn't a good fit for what we were doing at the club at that point. We were pulling in all these people who were like mega qualified, world-class sports scientists, pulling people out of universities and all these highly qualified people. And then we had a management team that were didn't even have coaching badges and were just just not just a poor fit for the sort of collegiate approach we were trying to set up the club. So it did just seem that I think they just thought, oh well, Cook will get us promoted and then we'll get rid of him at that point. And it turned out not to be the case. So that's the obvious one there. Um and I guess the other one would be to get a striker sorted in the summer. I think that was the mm. I think that was the problem that we didn't get that second striker and we, we signed Freddie Ladapa as one of our first signings and I don't think anyone thought that he'd be our number nine and main striker for the whole season and obviously we picked up Gasana had me right at the end of 
right at the end of the window, but that was a panic buy, wasn't it? It, it looked a panic buy at the time, and it, the fact he's back at Burton now probably indicates that that was just to try and get another strike in the building. But even, I don't know, like you look at James Norwood, who <laughs> we released, and I, I know there's probably more off-field than on-field reasons for that, but it, it did seem that we could have just, we could have given the manager a lot more help with a, with a second centre-forward for this season. Absolutely, but overall, he's done he's done pretty well. But then we would be saying that now we're in a much healthier position than a few weeks ago. Um, Lee thinks that McKenna's going to go with Ladapo on Saturday. Do you think? Do you see anything in that, Joe? Other than the fact that it seems to be one plays one game, one plays the next. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem to be sort of one one, does it? Because Ladapo played like two or three before that. But I think that Ladapo is probably more of a home player where. Mm the defence are going to sit in because he's, he's much better sort of back to goal, being able to back into players, hold the ball up and bring other players into play where George Hurst is the, op- he sort of, he can, he can drop in and do that, but he also gives you that option over the top, but there isn't going to be for me, the space in behind Shrewsbury aren't going to be sitting up on a halfway line with him sitting on the shoulder, trying to make runs off them. So I think the Dapo is probably the better fit for Saturday's game. Fair play, and that will be discussed at length. Um, I think it's a, a Thursday night record this week. I hope I haven't got that one wrong, Joe. I haven't. I haven't got the info. You, 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 you quickly riff then, Joe, about how great the pre-match show is and how well you think you did in your predictions. Um, well, I know I, that I am. Um, I didn't win the predictions, but I did beat Rich. So that is yeah, the most important the, thing to for us other contributors to push on and drag rich back but no the pre-match show obviously i sounded like a natural knowing all these stats about bolton last week but it's only because seb does great research Seb's and send, research, send, yeah. sending me a document through on those so yeah that is the most prepared for show in our stable of shows yeah absolutely as you can probably tell by the fact that i'm having to get my phone out to check the plugs here um so the shrewsbury pre-match is going to be out friday morning that's um with um the wonderful Jerv rich woodward and seb brown so that's going to be a a pre-record on thursday thursday evening probably and that will be up on on friday but we'll be back with another live show on sunday that's going to be hosted by benjamin bloom um alongside david diamond and craig Craig Fimbo, some real strength and depth we've got here, isn't there, Joe? Yeah, but more strength and depth than Ipswich Town. We wouldn't <laughs> be cooling off pods because of an international break, would we? Absolutely not. As I said <laughs> at the top of the show, David Bergen um, has enjoyed it enough to send us five euros our way. Thank you very much for that, David. Hope you really enjoyed your your first trip over for the for the and Bergen I mean- game. We need David to keep an eye on Matt Healy, the Cork City player who's on loan from Ipswich, who has been named in the Ireland under-21 squad today. So I'm expecting David to give us a full report back on him when he makes his debut next week. Excellent. There you are, uh, David. Some homework for you. Yeah, a bit of homework for you there. Um, Just going back to the uh, Mark Ashton conversation we had, Joe, and uh, Skip Skip says, without Cook, I don't think we'd have managed to sign Walton Morsey, and I'll chuck in Chaplin there as well. So is, is Paul Cook almost like that? that ex-girlfriend that you kind of wish you were never with, but if that hadn't have happened, you might not have met good friends or something like that. I think that, I think it's true for anything with regards to if you're happy where the club is at the moment, everything needed to happen in the order that it did happen for us to be in this position, if that makes sense. So if you look at it on that way, then yeah, but then you could say that Ashton wouldn't have needed to make any changes for us to be in this position. Because had we got rid of Cook in the summer, 
then McKenna wouldn't have been available. Solskjaer was still the Man United manager at that point. We wouldn't have been able to get him there, so we'd have we'd have got someone else. But and in the same way, yeah, we wouldn't have signed Sam Walton. Sorry, Christian Walton and Sam Morsey. But if we were spending tens of thousands of pounds a week on League One players' wages, we'd have signed equally good players, I'm sure, or di- different players who were of, of similar value, which are going to be. I'd say we're paying championship wages in League One, so you're going to be able to attract good players. It just might have been different ones to the ones Paul Cook got. But like I say, if if you want to go down that road, then yeah, but I still think you did a poor job. Yeah, I don't think don't think that can be denied. Um Right, okay. Just uh, I've been starring some of these questions here. Here's one for you, Joe. Do you think we'll be able to keep hold of Chaplin if, if we don't get promoted? Um Yes, I, I just think that again we pay good money, and I think the only the only place we can get to is um, these players need to go to sort of top six, top seven championship clubs effectively. And uh, is Connor Chaplin someone that would be going to that level? Probably not. I wouldn't say. Hmm. Yeah, well, he's got a little bit of championship pedigree, hasn't he? But that was at Barnsley, wasn't it? So. Yeah, he finished in the top six when he was there, though, yep. didn't he? And he started regularly. But I just think that these guys have got a good financial package to to sort of drop down to this level. That it's it's a big jump to go up from there. And I'd say that probably the player that you'd think would be the one would be like a Leif Davis, isn't it? Who's yeah. sort of the player that goes from there. But yeah, Connor Chaplin. But realistically, is someone going to pay five, six million pounds to Connor Chaplin? Probably not, but it'd be worth every penny, Joe. Um, you've probably answered this one from from Ashley with that with that answer on Chaplin. Do you feel like if we don't go up, it would be a rip it up and start again? I feel the players are all in on McKenna. Definitely, definitely feels that way, Joe. And like you mentioned, the financial packages as well at Ipswich are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, and because they're good, we also wouldn't be able to rip it up and start again because. Um, we just wouldn't be able to get rid of these players. Like you'd see someone like Joe Piggott, for example, Rakeem Harper, these guys, we gave them contracts and now we can't shift them. So mm. it's just a case that we're just going to need to, um, we're just going to need to go again because these players, like even, well, like you say, George Edmondson, well, who's, where's he going to go? Mm. We, we we couldn't, there, there will be natural sort of some players in, some players out. But I think as things stand, when you look at the contract players for next season, so you're talking, the players without those out of contract, plus your Joe Piggott's, Rakeem Harper's, Idris El Mazzouni's, we're already over the squad limit for next season just on contracted players. So that we've had the overhaul. This is the overhaul. There, is, there isn't going to be another one now. Well, there can't be another one now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to just get to know these characters a little bit more and have them stick around for a while because there's been a lot of turnover the last few years, hasn't there? Um Michael Warner, how do you think Edmondson feels, though, going from being one of the first names in the team sheet to being a backup player and not even doing the coffee club? Uh, he is injured at the moment, isn't he, Joe? But do you think it is maybe playing on his mind a little bit? Yeah, well, I think everyone at the start of the season would have said that him and Luke Wolfinger was our strongest pairing. They both looked really good and he just hasn't um, he just hasn't made an impact at all this season, has he? Cameron Burgess has rightfully sort of earned the place off him. I, I do think Maybe George Edmondson has a higher ceiling, but at the moment Cameron Burgesson's floor is above George Edmondson's, and he's he's playing every he's playing every week, and 
him and Luke Walker's in a formerly good partnership and there's a nice balance there. But no, I'm, I'm sure he's gutted like any player that's not in the team is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just want to be in it because there's they're winning games and good feeling and things like that. Um, we've had a couple of doom and gloom questions, so we'll chuck in this positive one from MJ Dumbarton. Oi, oi, lads, now that we've all agreed we'll win every game until the end of the season... Um, yeah, I'm not sure we quite have, but what positions do you think we'll need reinforced for the championship show? So let's a little bit of blue sky thinking. We get promoted. I think Where striker, do you see strengthening? Yeah. striker for definite. Um, also, I think we're just talking about centre backs. So I, I do think we'll need another centre back to to play in there. At least one in there, probably a left sided player, somebody maybe who's a bit more mobile because Leif Davis does leave a lot of defending to do behind him with that sort of. Mm. Um, asymmetrical formation that we play I think we'll need another central midfielder because there's a reason sort of Sam Morsi and Massimo Luongo were playing in League One this season they're probably not going to both go up and be top championship midfielders and obviously Morsi's the captain he's the one that's got the contract so if you're signing Luongo he's not in there as a as a nailed on starter every week I think you're going to need to go a bit there and that's that's probably about it really on the big changes needed left side of centre back central midfield striker yeah, but there wouldn't be many players that we needed to completely get rid of from this this first team squad, is there? No, definitely not. Um, is one from Michael Warner. Do we have one player, even with our blue tinted glasses on, that could play or sign for a, a Prem club? Well, if you're looking in the squad, I, I, I guess if you're saying who could go into play now, maybe Christian Walton, I think maybe towards when you look at like Jason I say, you watch, Steele's playing for Brighton, isn't he? Yeah, and you and you watch Southampton and see Gavin Bazuno every week. Then I think, oh yeah, if he <clears> maybe <throat> maybe um, sort of Aaron Lee Barrett might get a chance in the Premier League if he could <laughs> play there at the moment. But um, long term, I think Leif Davis looks like a Premier League footballer, doesn't he? He looks like he's got everything that real engine that you need to play at that level, that bit of pace and that that quality on the ball. So he's he's very much the one I'd expect to get there. But you look through the squad, I think. I think Harry Clark could play in the Premier League one day. Luke Wolfen did if if things go right for him and he really sort of kicks on. I think he's got the potential to get there. Um, Nathan Broadhead, I think he's got the quality to play there. George Hurst, you'd imagine he's got the quality if he can get his game together to play there. So there's some, I'd say there's some good players there. Yeah. Um, Flim Flam says Davis Clark and, and Humphreys maybe. Yeah, yeah. Humphreys is, again, it's that engine, that that being able to, you, you need some real, real top physicality if you're going to play in that Premier League. And it might be strength, it might be pace, it might be an engine, but you've got to have that physicality. And I think that's the big, the big thing you notice when players go and play in the Premier League and then drop back down to the lower leagues. Just that level of fitness that they have. And not everyone's capable of getting there, but I think Cameron Humphreys is one who is. Indeed. And uh, one player who did move up a level... Um, last year is Tyree Simpson. Skip wants to know whatever happened to him. It was just a bit of a mess, that one, wasn't it, Joe? He was, he was always going to struggle to get into a, a championship team off the back of what had come before it, right? Yeah, well, I, th- I, well, I think I'd say when you see what we were left with and end up with Gasana had me, would we have been better off playing Tyree Simpson there? But I think bridges were burned. I don't think the club covered themselves in much glory with regards to it. But I, th- I think it's more that the club just didn't think he was ready to go into a first team environment. And so they were only offering him a wage, which was commensurate with that, as in IE and under 21s players wage, which when you've gone and been one of the, sort of best strikers in the league below at 
18, 19 years old, you want more than that. He'd, he'd had a taste of first team football. He wanted more of it. And he signed a four-year contract at Huddersfield. I know Huddersfield aren't doing great as a team this season, but he's still in a really good position. Like he's, he's got three and a half years left on his contract. He's He was injured all the way up until the World Cup, so he's only been fit a couple of months. On that side, he's, I think he's played a number of games, but I don't think, I don't think he scored yet. But he's still, he's still playing semi-regularly in the championship as as a 19, 20-year-old. There's not many of them doing that at the moment. So I think he's in no. it. I, think, I don't think he's got... I can't imagine he's got any regrets about going there, but I think he's one that could come back to Hauntless still. He could indeed. And while, while we're on Huddersfield, it was a question from Martin much earlier on. Do you think Mick will keep Blackpool up or Warnock with, with Huddersfield? Do you fancy either of those, Joe? If you'd have lot, asked me twenty-five, if you'd have asked me twenty-five hours ago, I'd have said no. But then, sort of twenty-four hours ago, when Blackpool were four-one up at half-time against QPR, mm. and they look like they've got a chance now. They're sort of, they're sort of that gap was six points, isn't it? They've closed that down to three, and I, I don't think both of them will keep their teams up. But I think Cardiff can very much be dragged down into that bottom three. And I'd say you wouldn't bet against McCarthy, would you? I don't think there's a great squad at Blackpool and I don't think they're set up to play the way he has but that win could be a catalyst to bounce from because he hasn't had much of an impact up until that point but now once yeah. they've won 6-1 if they can string together another two or three wins then they, they could quite easily stay up Absolutely well, well while we're talking about other clubs Joe um, I think somebody put on here earlier about Ray Crawford um, scored five goals in the European Cup game that was matched by Erling Haaland last night, Joe. Is this finally the year where Manchester City win the Champions League or could you see them falling short once again? It's, it's so difficult, isn't it, in the Champions League? It, it, it's, it's not a lottery, but the margins are so small, aren't they, in, in those big games? And they're, they're probably the best team in Europe, but they've probably been the best team in Europe for four of the last five seasons not being able to win it. They were a much better team than Chelsea when Chelsea beat them in the final, but they, they well, I say you would, you would never bet against them, but you wouldn't bet against Bayern or you wouldn't bet against Real Madrid. I'm, I haven't seen how they're getting on tonight, but they were 5-2 up, aren't they, against Liverpool from the first leg. But it's just, I don't know. I think, again, we're talking about sort of that hindsight narrative earlier when you talk about Man City, oh, they haven't won the league, or Bayern Munich didn't win the league under Pep. And it's like, well, it's, it's incredibly difficult to win the Champions League. It's not a... It's a it's a cup. The best team doesn't always win, and if they did, they if if the best team always won, then Bayern Munich would have won the Champions League a couple of times under Pep, and Man City would have won it a couple of times under Pep as well. So, interesting. It'll be an interesting last few ties, there, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And as natural as it is, let's go from talking about Bayern Munich and Manchester City and Real Madrid. Uh, Shrewsbury on Saturday, Joe. What's your starting eleven? Are we keeping the same eleven that, that played against Bolton, but maybe swapping Hurst for Ladapo, or could you see a couple of other changes in there? Yeah, I, I guess that's what I'd say. Like Christian Walton is obviously going to start in goal. Wolfenden and Burgess are going to start at the back. I'd personally start Harry Clark above Janoy Denash, and I think you're going to need that extra attacking thrust yep. in the side. Wes Burns is going to start. Leif Davis is going to start. Bar injury, Sam Morsey and Massimo Luongo were going to start. You'd be foolish not to start Connor Chaplin and Nathan Broadhead, wouldn't you, behind there? Because they're both players that have got goals in them. And then, yeah, it's, I guess that's the only real question mark, isn't it? Freddie Ladapo or George Hurst. And I'd probably say that Ladapo will get the nod this weekend. Fair play. And I think somebody asked, will the Shrews trip up the Blues 
Joe, I think you're you're slightly worried about this one, aren't you? But still confident that we we've got enough to beat Shrewsbury, haven't we? Oh, we've definitely got enough to beat them. We've got enough to beat anyone in this league, really, and especially at home. But it's not going to be an easy game. It's it's going to be a frustrating game, and the crowd are going to need to stay behind the team. And you just got to make sure we just don't give away those set pieces. And I'm sure that is what Kieran McKenna will be drumming into the players this week. You can't give away cheap set pieces around the box because Luke Leahy's got a great delivery on him, and Jay Dunkley and all those guys are. Big Matt Pennington gets a lot of headers on goal, and we just got to make sure that we don't let one of those go in. Absolutely, and yeah, thank you very much, Joe, for for tonight. All of your excellent insight. Thank you, everyone, in the comments for all your fantastic questions for driving the conversation. Thanks, David, for your kind donation as well. Um, and yeah, we're we're right back up there, Joe. Probably you would have snap my hand off for it only a couple of weeks ago wouldn't you to be in this position that we're in now going into the Shrewsbury game well yeah especially after that Bristol Rovers game on that Tuesday night because we saw that we identified that run of five games before the Bristol Rovers game then when we drew that one it did feel like oh bloody hell we're we're stuck here aren't we and we're not going to win the next four we, we might win three of them but we probably won't win them all but to win the next four and to beat Bolton away it's a great record and like I say if we can win this one Going into going into a two week break where we can get everyone back fresh, get sort of John Jules back in there, give the give the players a bit of time off as well. I'm sure will be good as well, and just to get those batteries refreshed and recharged. And then you're then going into a nine game, nine cup finals after that, aren't you, to win the league <laughs> or second place? Absolutely. Lee says one of my memories as a nipper was a lower league Shrewsbury knocking us out of the FA Cup. I think. Was that when George Burley did his cruise shit as well? Let's let's forget about that one. Michael Warner says it's it's all about us. High press, early goals, even two nil is not a dangerous scoreline for us anymore. Who'd have thought it, Joe? Um, exciting times at Ipswich Town. Thanks everyone for for watching, and see you next time. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.